Good day to you, fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. I just want to get this right. your neighbor right now and say you look better with Jesus all over your face we're going to let the children go if y'all want to head out not going to guarantee we're, you're going to have more fun than we are but you go to your place and we're going to do our thing hallelujah if you've just tuned in the last 15 minutes, yes, this is Central Assembly of God, and I am Pastor Cole McClendon. Glad to be with you all today. I am uh, dressed accordingly. The t-shirt provided for me this week by Kayla Albino International Ministries of Design, special limited edition 1961. Because that happened this week. Yes, I really am 60 years old. And I'm okay with it. Um, on Wednesday, we had our annual business meeting. And uh, in that meeting, we made a couple of, uh, it was our special business meeting, I'm sorry, not an annual, because our annual is coming up March 17th. Um, we we're ready to update our constitution and bylaws. It had been 27 years, and consequently, there were just some things that were, um, you know, you start to do things as things change around the church and the ministry and some of the way we work our systems and such. So there were some necessary changes to our constitution and bylaws. And 80% of it was just that kind of thing, but... Uh, about 20% of it was some pretty dramatic changes that 
I am at least going to share with those of you who are, were not here on Wednesday or perhaps were not, are not members of the church. Uh, and two of those changes included that we now can have and will have the possibility of women on both our deacon and elder board going forward. So um, the title will, titles will remain the same. Um, deaconess is a human invention um, that, uh, and, and something we've put on it, but now our, our, some of our deacons will be women who have the full voting rights that men do in those positions. Uh, that has happened. There's no going back at this stage, not that I would want to. Um, and so I just want you all to know that. And uh, so let's turn our attention to the word this morning. How many of you all said you? <laughs> this service has uh, been so different. If, if the people that were in our first service were in this service, they were like, what? I thought you guys made it. Both services were supposed to be the same. I think the last four songs we did in worship, we didn't do in the first service. They're not on the schedule. I want to talk to you about living a full life. And Pastor Amy's saying to me, uh, next time you're going to give me the mic, give me about two minutes if it's like that to catch my breath before I try to get on those Give me a break between the dancing and the announcements, right? (laughs) How many of you, when you were children, played the game King of the Mountain? Raise your hands. If you ever played the game King of the Mountain, wow. Is this something y'all didn't do in the Northeast, sir? I mean, I'm I'm from Florida. We didn't have mountains. But we played King of the Mountain. Do kids play that today? Lame. It's, it's lame because, you know, it's not politically correct. Either everybody has a mountain or nobody has a mountain. I'm sorry. That, I know. I wasn't supposed to go there, but it is the truth, but still. In the game, King of the Mountain, for those of you who need an explanation you would find some kind of elevated surface and between however many people were involved in this process, be it your siblings or friends, you would try to be the one that was at the highest point on this surface, thereby dubbing you king of the mountain. And I bring this up because if there's nobody else in the process, who cares? Right? If there's nobody to share the joy with, I'm king. It doesn't matter if there's nobody else there. You can't rule over nothing. And um, last week, we, we spent a good deal of time in the messages and through the whole service. We, we wanted to honor, and we continue through this month, honoring all of those of you 
And by the way, my watch was telling me through the service, are you exercising? Would you like, to, would like me to record this? Leave <laughs> me alone. Just trying to, trying to bless the Lord. Anyway, sorry. This week, I want to let you all know the joys of serving. You know, something happens when you spend yourself in giving to someone or something else in or for God. Something happens. All of you servants say amen. Amen. Something happens. But before I talk about that, I want to... I want you to listen to the words of, for today, I'm redubbing him the not-so-wise man. Um, and so, you, you know we're going to Ecclesiastes, or if you don't know it, we are going to Ecclesiastes, chapter 2, beginning at verse 1, and I have it for you if you're present, and by the way, if you're watching online, you can. if you have our app, you can follow along in the notes. If you're present, of course, you could have received a bulletin when you came in. And uh, you can take notes with us or in-house electronically as well. And here are Solomon's words in chapter 2. <clears throat> I said to myself... Come on, let's try pleasure. Let's look for the good things in life. But I found that this too was meaningless. So I said, laughter is silly. What good does it do to seek pleasure? After much thought, I decided to cheer myself with wine. And while still seeking wisdom, I clutched at foolishness. In this way, I tried to experience the only happiness most people find during their brief life in this world. I also tried to find meaning by building huge homes for myself and planting beautiful vineyards. I made gardens and parks, filling them with all kinds of fruit trees. I built reservoirs to collect the water to irrigate my many flourishing groves. I bought slaves, both men and women, and Others were born into my household. I also owned large herds and flocks, more than any of the kings who had lived in Jerusalem before me. I collected great sums of silver and gold, the treasure of many kings and provinces. I hired wonderful singers, both men and women, and had many beautiful concubines. I want you to hear this line. I had everything a man could desire. So I became greater than all who had lived in Jerusalem before me, and my wisdom never failed me. Anything I wanted, I would take. I denied myself no pleasure. I even found great pleasure in hard work, a reward for all my labors. But as I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless like chasing the wind there was nothing really worthwhile anywhere 
startling, isn't it? Let me pause for a moment and talk to you about Solomon and his riches. You'll enjoy doing this, so it's a form of Bible study, so I want you to do this sometime because the Bible actually lists what Solomon has in his values. When it, it lists the amount of silver and gold that he had in his possession. So look it up sometime because Solomon was, he was on the level of a Bill Gates. Donald Trump, nothing to what Solomon had in terms of values. And yet you come down to that, and this is why I say it's startling. Your mind, it's hard to wrap your mind around this. It was all so meaningless. And so I begin at this point with you today. Was Solomon really that wise? Was he really that wise? I mean, it may sound sacrilegious to say so, but let's at least entertain the question. Right? I know, I know. But it's okay to to ask some questions of the word. It, it, It may not sound right because he's referred to, even in the New Testament, as the wisest who has ever lived. But was he really that wise? And here's what happens. He and his father taught us that God may tolerate something in us because of his grace, but that doesn't mean it won't destroy us. That's what we learned from Solomon and David. He may tolerate something in us because of his grace, but that does not mean it won't destroy us. Here's what I mean. It's possible, I'm not asking anybody, obviously I don't want you to raise your hand or whatever, but that that you may smoke whatever it is. Pipe, cigar, other stuff. And I'm not going to tell you it won't get you, you, you won't go to heaven. You can smoke cigarettes three packs a day. And still go to heaven. You'll get there quicker than me. (laughs) And you may be messed up along the way. Especially if it's that other stuff. So I'm not telling you, you you won't go to heaven. But there's a form of it destroying your life every time. Every time. And that's just one thing I'm naming. I mean, you can drive your car, you can spin the tires every time you take off. And, and you know, okay, you'll go to heaven if you know Jesus. Drive fast as you want. But again, you're liable to get there earlier than you should, and you may take somebody else with you. And uh, that's what we learned from Solomon, why I'm saying not so wise. Anybody that would have that many wives? I mean, I got, man, I got as good as I can get with one wife. 
thank the Lord. <laughs> In Solomon's case, many of those wives were from foreign lands and they worshiped other gods. And they brought their gods with them when they came into his household. And Solomon allowed them to set up their high places, they called them, and worship their gods that they brought from their foreign lands. And ultimately, it brought destruction to his kingdom. Because God had made a promise to Solomon when he built the temple. And Solomon said yes to the promise, but he went back on it. He said, I will serve the Lord, him only. But he changed. You can't help but notice that Solomon sounds like someone who is clinically depressed when you read those words we just read. Seriously. I mean, in Proverbs, he's so amazing. You read every line and you think, this is amazing. Every word is dripping with wisdom. And then you read Ecclesiastes and it sounds like he should be on suicide watch. Admittedly, he gave the birds their most popular song. In chapter 3, some of you have no idea who the birds are. <laughs> but if you're a classic limited edition 1961, <laughs> go ahead, Maria. Let them hear it for the young ones. Now you know it, right? To everything turn, turn, turn There is a season turn, turn, turn That's Ecclesiastes chapter 3 For real Thank you. December 1965, that was number one here in the United States. And it's a rock and roll song. But it's Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And maybe they never charted to the... I don't know that they did on any other of their songs. They were a really famous group at the time. But also you know that there was some other group that came around and took the attention. But Solomon opens our eyes and that's what I want you to see this great truth. In those 11 verses that we read a moment ago, no less than 18 times he uses personal pronouns. Think about it for a moment. I said to myself, I will build, I will buy, I had slaves, I had concubines, I grew gardens, 
or he had people grow gardens for him. Over and over again, I. He did not find joy in pleasure. He did not find laughter. He did not find pleasure in wine. In fact, he called it a clutching at foolishness, the only happiness most people find in their brief life. He said those words. Very cynical, doesn't it? When you listen to it. He didn't find meaning in building huge homes or vineyards. He denied himself no pleasure and calls that meaningless. I'm going to give you verses 10 and 11 again. I'm just allowing those of you taking the notes to be able to finish off those last two words. Hear it again from Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verses 10 and 11. Anything I wanted, I would take. Hear it? I wanted, I would take. I denied myself no pleasure. I myself, you hear it? I even found great pleasure in hard work, a reward for all my labors. But as I looked at everything I had, worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless, like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. Have another question that's a dated question. How many in here, I want you to raise your hands if you do not know who Brad Pitt is. Raise your hands. You do not know who Brad Pitt is. Are you embarrassed to raise your hands? Okay, because I only saw like two hands, which is good for the nature of my message. But Chris Heath interviewing Brad Pitt for Rolling Stone magazine in 1999 recorded these words. I want you to see them. The emphasis now, this is Brad speaking, is on success and personal gain. I'm sitting in it, and I'm telling you that's not it. I'm the guy who's got everything I know. But I'm telling you once you get everything, then you're just left with yourself. I've said it before and I'll say it again, it doesn't help you sleep any better and you don't wake up any better because of it, now, no one's going to want to hear that. I understand it. I'm sorry I'm the guy who's got to say it, but I'm telling you. Just a perspective here. At the time that this, was, this interview was done, Brad Pitt was the leading actor in the United States, in the world. He was at the top of his game He was with the prettiest woman on television at the time, Jennifer Aniston. He had everything a man could want, and some. And yet, he says, doesn't matter. I got everything. Prestige, I'm known worldwide, got more money than I could possibly spend, 
And it all, this was pre, Jolie, what, Anna, what's her name? Okay. Wow, I could just, the, the words were almost there. This was pre her. I mean, she came along a little later. And here he is. And it just doesn't, and none of it matters. And here's what I want you to catch today. This is the crux of the message. We can't find pleasure outside of relationship with God. Real, lasting pleasure cannot be found outside of relationship with God. Things will never do it. That's why I just went through all of this. So basically Brad Pitt is repeating what Solomon said 2,000 plus years ago. He's repeating it. God by nature is a giver. So if you want to connect with real pleasure, you have to learn how to be a giver. So here's what it is. Outside of this true, uh, true satisfaction will not be found outside of this God-likeness or taking after him in this way. For most of us, we enjoy nice things. How many of you enjoy nice things? Raise your hands. If somebody beside you didn't raise their hands, punch them right now. <laughs> just, just, just punch them. I knew that preacher was messed up. He told people to punch each other in church. Like my opening illustration, unless we are sharing those joys with, and triumphs with someone, it, it's all meaningless, right? Nice things are great. Friday night, Pastor Amy and I went to Texas Roadhouse, glory to Jesus. <laughs> Wherein I ordered prime rib. 16 ounces of juicy goodness. The Friday before, one of my good friends from our previous church came over and he brought one inch thick ribeye steaks for my family and I to enjoy. He would ask me to grill them because he's enjoyed those kinds of things with me before. And when he gave me the steaks after we ate, he gave me the trophy. You may not be able to read this, but it says greatest griller on it. But here's the thing. If I made the steak and I ate it myself, and nobody else is there to say yummy, are those moans of delight that happen when you're enjoying something like that? That it was, and I, I heard them. Go ahead, say amen, Emily. 
Those enjoyable steaks mean nothing to you, do they? You didn't get to enjoy them. So I'm sitting up here shoving in your face how enjoyable those pieces of meat were, but it's meaningless if you don't actually get to enjoy them. Fortunately, I had other people that were able to enjoy them with me and made it more delightful. And I'm trying to tell you, I'm trying to help you get this understanding. Once we tap into the giving concept, we're on our way to true delight. Had Solomon, pardon me, shared his bounty, he would have found meaning and pleasure. Seriously. If he had gone to the grave with a thousand dollars in value in his left in his pocket, he would have had more joy and you would not have Ecclesiastes. Except that God wants us to have it so that we'll understand what can happen when you choose to live your life for yourself. It's all meaningless. It's a chasing after the wind. You can have the best car, fastest car, like we tempted you all with last week, whenever they had the, the decision. You can actually buy a car. The, the, the Bugatti Chiron, $3.2 million. But that's what you pay for a car that'll do zero to 60 in 2.3 seconds. But who cares? $3.2 million for a 1,500 horsepower vehicle. Who cares? Unless you're on a racetrack with other cars that can do something similar and you're proving yourself. It doesn't really matter, does it? She was just saying amen to that. Thank you, young lady. I want to take you to right motives here this morning. And I want you to hear these verses, or this verse from 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, in the Passion Translation reads this way. Live your lives with an unshakable confidence. We know that we prosper and excel in every season by serving the Lord. Come on, say that with me. We prosper in every season by serving the Lord. Come on, say it again. We prosper in every season by serving the Lord. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth because we are assured that our union with the Lord makes our labor productive with fruit that endures. How many of you have any kind of investment? An IRA, something, some kind of investment. You want it to bear fruit, don't it? Don't you? I mean, we're living the high life. Stock market's still rolling, rolling up records every month the last several months. Records. And so you're, you're, you're building for your future. You want fruit that endures. And you're all sitting there that have investments going, man, I hope this thing lasts. Or what can I, I, I probably should sell right now because it's all going to come crashing down. And it will come crashing down. But still, let, let me take you to the new century version. 
Same verse, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. So my dear brothers and sisters, stand strong. Do not let anything move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your work in the Lord is never wasted. Anybody see that verse anywhere this morning in the church? Right about the third window from me or the second window when you come in from the rear. I believe that verse is right there. You know that your work in the Lord is never wasted. Anything you do for the Lord is never wasted. And unfortunately, the so-called wisest man didn't figure that out. Oh, he got busy. He built the temple, and it was all glorious when he built the temple, but something happened. And what happens here is that Paul gives us the pathway to having a fulfilling life. Serve the Lord with an unshakable confidence. Look at your neighbor right now and say, serve the Lord with an unshakable confidence. Yeah, you can tell your spouse that if you're sitting by them. Because your joy will be built on the very nature of God as a giver. You know that about God, right? For God so loved the world that he gave. His only son, he gave. So that we could have life and, and think about it for a moment. As you choose to give of yourself in this way, you actually increase rather than decrease. I know, it doesn't make sense. It's an unnatural concept. It's not human in its makeup, but it's a God concept that we have to, uh, from a God perspective, we have to catch on to it. Giving puts us in the position to receive. According to this passage, we will prosper and excel in every season. If we... If we practice these principles of giving of ourselves. Now stop thinking about this only in the avenue of finances. It includes finances. There's no way around it. This is a New Testament passage. And whatever you may think about tithing or not tithing, you can't get around this concept. Until you learn how to give, you'll never receive. And, and, and when Paul talks about it, he talks about it from the eternal perspective, and that's beyond finances. Jesus' parable of the talents can fit our life story. You remember that parable, right? Five talents given to one guy, two given to another guy, one given to the third guy. And when the master returns, he asks them, what did they do? And the guy that had five talents said, Master, I went out and I, I, I invested on what you had given. And now the return is I've doubled your investment. Well done. And the same thing with the guy that had two talents. But the third guy talked about the master being a, a real taskmaster and, and having fear. And instead of investing, he buried you know what the master said to that guy? He said, you take your talent and you give it to the guy who already has 10. 
because he knows how to invest in what matters. He understood this giving principle. If you learn to actually give of yourself, you will grow and gain and prosper. And it's not just about finances. The way to prosperity in life is in giving, not hoarding. Solomon would have had a much more fulfilling life had he given away most of his riches. I guarantee it. We wouldn't have that passage. Wouldn't have those verses that it's all meaningless if he had learned the joy of giving away the, the treasure that he had. This principle is not predicated, however, on how much you have, rather it's based on what you give away. So you don't have to be wealthy to practice this principle. You just have to be a giver. God blesses the giver. And we're, again, don't confuse this with just finances. It includes finances. We can't get away from that. That's what the word's talking about too. But it's more than finances. It's about your life. Learn how to give yourself away. One of my favorite courses I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. It's the truth. Because if we learn how to give ourselves away, we will learn how to prosper yes. in life. Nothing you do for the Lord is ever wasted. I often do this with the scriptures. You, you realize that was a scripture verse, right? It's right there, I think, in the third window. Mary, always oh, it in the third window? I can't see. It's not, but okay. Nothing you do for the Lord is ever wasted. Consider the converse of the statement. Look at it from the opposite direction. If you learn to do this with the word of God, it'll help you in a lot of your Bible study, your growth in the Lord. The converse of that statement is most everything you do for yourself is wasted. Remember the stakes? Great, my belly may get full and I may have enjoyed it, but it's a past memory. And if I didn't have somebody to share it with, no big deal. I can sit across from the table with my beautiful wife on Friday night when we celebrated our, we did uh, Valentine's Day on Friday night because it was too busy last weekend. Who wants to be in the restaurants last weekend? When everybody, well, maybe you did that. God bless you if you did that and you have the patience, but we just waited a few days and, but I'm enjoying my prime rib looking at my beautiful wife and we're both having a lot of joy together. Along with the other diners that were at Texas Roadhouse. But for you, 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 you can maybe, maybe you can taste the prime rib vicariously. <laughs> but I'd rather have it in person. Say amen, hallelujah. For those of you who don't know what the word vicariously means, then 
It's a good biblical term because Jesus took your sin and vicariously carried your sin so you don't have to. Let me close this message out today. Give and it shall be given. Look at this passage of scripture from Luke chapter 6 verse 38. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. The concept applies to the giving of your life, not just money. Consider the reward of Jesus literally giving his life. You're reaping the dividends now because of his gift of his life. God is saying through this passage to all of us, The way to life prosperity is in giving ourselves, not in withholding. And it's related proportionally. This is Jesus speaking in Luke chapter 6. And it's Jesus who said, the amount you give will determine what you receive. Now, for all of those who like to look at preachers like me and call us prosperity preachers, I'm sorry, I don't know what you do with this verse. Because I'm hearing that if you give in abundance, you receive in abundance. And so... Jesus is telling us there's a direct connection to what you give and what you receive. Let me wrap this thing up. There's a good biblical case for serving or giving of yourself. Matthew chapter 6, now verse 4. Give secretly, and your Father who sees all you do will reward you openly. Give secretly, but what? Your Father who sees everything you do, he will reward you openly. It may go unnoticed by other people. You you could show up here tomorrow and help out with the food distribution because tomorrow night is a food pantry night. When do they need to be here, Maria? Four o'clock. And others in the pews may not have a clue that you are here, but God sees it. And it's, you want to impress him more than anyone else, right? Because your father who sees everything that you do will reward you openly. But you got to give to be rewarded and receive. So if you find yourself, don't don't miss your opportunity to walk in the prosperity of spending yourself for the kingdom. Don't don't miss that opportunity. And and, uh, if you find yourself unfulfilled, find a place to serve humanity. 
really. If, if, you, if your life doesn't seem to have meaning, I want you young people to hear me say this. If your life doesn't seem to have a lot of meaning, doesn't really matter, then find a place to serve. Find some place to give. Find some place to spend yourself. The dividends are for both now and later. And I tried desperately hard for those of you who are vintage 61 or thereabout <laughs> to find the candies now and laters. But they've been taken over by starbursts. And I couldn't find, I was in five stores trying to find now and laters because I'm, I'm, my wife will testify to this because she was in two of the stores with me looking for them. That we were, I was going to hand every one of you a pack of now and laters. And, and what you'll have to, for those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, because you got to go to Cracker Barrel to find them these days. Or someplace that sells vintage candies. I know I can get them at Amazon. I know that. Don't anybody send me letters or whatever. I'm not, not trying to buy any anyway. I was going to give them away. For real. And the point behind them is they're a chewy candy like Starburst and they last a long time. And that's the reason they're called now in laters. Because you enjoy it now, but it lasts a long time. You'll still be enjoying it later. I have sacrificed a couple of cavities to the now and later. <laughs> you amen in that, Alex? Yeah, some cavities, yeah. Because they're chewy. That's why Starburst took over, because they're a little less, they're a little softer, I'll put it that way. So you bite into a now and later about two minutes in, and yeah, if you've got a cavity, it may be coming out with it. I'm talking about a filling. I should have said that. I'm, I'm not lying when I tell you. I know when I'm gone, yeah, ooh, there's a hole there where there used to be a filling. But I wanted to give them out to you because I wanted to remind you that what you sow now in the giving of your life later comes back in amazing proportions if you learn to give. And I'm talking again about giving of yourself not just finances. So here's the final line. The dividends are in the present and in the future when you learn how to give. Now, later the dividends are amazing because when you give and it impacts someone's life, that is eternal because we are going to live forever. We're living forever. So when you bless a human that you can see, they are going to be eternal in their makeup. Would you stand to your feet, please? Pastor Mackay, what is it you're trying to sing? I knew that, so I want you to actually sing it. 
I want you to join her. So you can use me. I give myself away. Say that part again. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can use me. Would you bow your head and close your eyes for me, please? If it's possible that you're here today and you're not in a right relationship with Christ, is it possible that you're here this morning and this afternoon now and you say, I I know things between the Lord and I are not good. Maybe you knew the Lord or at some point you asked Christ into your heart, but you walked away and if you're honest right now, Jesus were to rapture you right now, you, you're not sure you would go to heaven. I want you to change that now. Maybe you're watching online and you'd say, I, I'm not sure how I'm going to manage this. I'm not sure if heaven will be my eternal home. But I want to change that, preacher. I've heard what you've said. And so you want to give your heart to Jesus now and reap those eternal dividends in heaven. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed in the house. Obviously, you don't have to do that if you're watching online, but if you're watching online and you need this prayer, you can shoot us an emoji hand. Let us know that you're praying. If you're here right now and you know I've got to get things right with the Lord, I don't want to walk out of this place with a question mark. Lift your hand and say, I need to answer that question and I want to come to Jesus today. Don't care how many times you've been in church. I'm asking if you're in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you're not or you're unsure, lift your hand right where you're at. If you're watching online, I'm going to pray this prayer with you just to make sure before we're done. Here's the prayer. Pray along with me. Even if you didn't raise your hand, but you know you should have here in the church service. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for giving yourself shedding your blood for me. From this moment forward, I'm yours. Amen. Now for those of you who have listened to this word and it's penetrated past those barriers that we keep and we think we're good people and, uh, you know, we're kind and caring. But are you really serving the Lord? Are you tangibly serving the Lord? And if not, you say, preacher, I hear what you're saying. I'm going to find a place to serve the Lord. Lift your hand up right where you're at. I'm going to find some place. I'm going to serve the Lord. 
new places, different places. I'm going to get busy for the Lord, not just enjoying kingdom life. Father, I pray that you help those who have raised their hands. Maybe there's some watching online right now that their, their heart's been opened and God's speaking to them and through them right now. God bless them. Help them to find a proper place to serve you. We have plenty of places here at Central they can serve. I pray tomorrow night, Lord, with the pantry that it'll be filled up. There'll be more than enough people so we can continue to bless our community. And in all of this, Lord, we want to say thank you. Thank you for giving your best gift, God. Amen. Come on, y'all, sing it again. Give me an opportunity to get to the back. I want to greet a few folks today. I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website, www.centralfamily.net, or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel not only to the lehigh valley but around the world we want to do our part in reaching the people that god has entrusted to us with the gospel of jesus christ you can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry god bless you have an amazing day remember you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.